Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Aaron. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com and you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind the scenes videos and two minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can also find us every Monday morning from 6 to 6.30 at bff.fm. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We are heading back to the Sundance Film Festival, uh, which was in January of 2020. Uh, feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, to interview with uh, the Ross brothers who directed our favorite um, documentary, I would say, of the year, if not of the century, called um, <laughs> Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets. Um, I don't know what else to say except that this film just, I don't know. They, they, they went into my soul and my heart and they made a film. That's all I, I was just going to say. It speaks to our soul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, and we had a fun time interviewing them <laughs> yes. and we kept having run-ins with them, which was really funny. And, uh, we bumped into them at a pho restaurant, obviously, obviously, of yeah. course they like pho. And, um, <laughs> they also had the best swag of the whole event. They did. And they still do, actually. I was going to say, Ange, they, um, they have a mask with the Bloody Nose Empty Pockets oh. uh, font, and it looks awesome. Who so. designed their stuff? Because it's just right. on point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have these jean jackets with the yes. patch of, of the name of the doc, and it was just, yeah. Yeah. It was, they were a whole presence. They were felt. It was, Ange and I are like, how how did they capture us on camera? Like, <laughs> did they follow us that one New Year's Eve night long ago? Like that's right. <laughs> well, like... I, I I can definitely say I've been each character in right. the documentary at some point in totally far career. Yes, <laughs> this was one of the first movies, if not the first movie, you guys told me about when we started prepping for Sundance. Uh, it was, uh, I, I think I might have told this on the air before, but we, this was the time that we were at uh, Tony's and we were all sitting at the bar. Right, before we left. Well, yeah, this was a yes. week or two before we left and uh, uh, you guys were like... We had thoughts about some other films. Right. Uh-huh. You, you, you guys looked at me and you were just like, I think, it, I think this is the best film I've ever seen in my life. I mean, <laughs> it just really spoke to me. Beyond the Fight, which is another amazing documentary, and Be Water. Um, yeah, this is just a different, it spoke to us in a different way. Because obviously we saw a lot of good films and some, you know, that weren't our favorite. But, you know, when you're watching like five films in a row, and then, and then I started watching this one and I was like, oh, something different is happening to me here. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I'm invested in a whole other way. It yes. kind of woke me up, you know, from my, yes. so, uh, yeah, yeah. they're crazy. So, they're incredible. These brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and fortunately we're going to get an opportunity to talk to them again uh closer to when the movie comes out well like in depth like when i mean you know not to pull the pull the cover off of sundance but sundance it's just like you know it's maybe 10 minutes max that we get to talk to to these people to the directors to to talent whatever Mm -hmm. um and it's it never really i don't know if Ange would say the same thing but it never really feels like our show so um and so yeah, it's fun to have these guests back um, 
from Sundance, but back on our terms and like how, how we run our show. So well, we I think it'll be fun. A more little breathing, a little breathing, a little goofing off. Um, but I think these guys are so talented. And um, I mean, they're from New Orleans. So again, soul talking to our souls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much. Yeah. I think um, we were inviting us to New Orleans at one point, or we were inviting ourselves. I'm no, not- yes. oh no, they invited. No, they <laughs> They're going to take us to this bar. Oh, I just did. I just stutter. I got really excited. <laughs> the offer still stands. When bars start opening up and we can travel again, we will definitely take them up on it and go to New Orleans. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Duh. I think you were actually telling me even before we knew how strict this these uh lockdown was going to be you were like oh check out flights to new orleans it's really cheap right now. i did like actually. in february or like it the was beginning february of march. Or early march and i'm like <laughs> we could go next month good thing we didn't buy those tickets oh, but it was hella yeah. cheap like when, before we knew the extremes yes. we, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we have the opportunity to push the issue with them again next week, so. We'll just say maybe 2021, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're lucky, if they're lucky. Um, so anyways, ahead of the July 10th virtual run at Lincoln Center for this film, you can actually um, see a screening of Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets on National Dive Bar Day on July 8th. It's benefiting the USBG Foundation's Bartender Emergency Assistance Program. So um, we'll put up a link for that. And if you want to, you can uh, purchase the film for uh, rent, rental. Um, and it looks like it's $10. It's $9.99. So um, I'm, I think I actually am going to do that because I love this film so much and I, I want to drink while I'm watching it. So um, enjoy our interview with the Ross Brothers and see you on the other side. Right now, we'd like to welcome on the show from the film Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets, filmmakers Bill Ross and Turner Ross. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, so I guess I'll start with Bill. Can you introduce Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets? Sure. This is, uh, this is uh, Turner and I's fifth film. Um, it is about a dive bar closing on the outskirts of Las Vegas, seemingly. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, that is definitely what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> but how we got there is, uh, you know, uh, has a has a bit of a story. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting framing being here. You know, we're here in the U.S. Doc competition, and that's uh, that's an interesting conversation to have. But yeah, just to, I mean, the processes that we've come to to arrive at the things that we want to do are um, maybe not standard. You know, to, in terms of being in this category. Yeah, we have a lot to say. No, um, I I saw you guys in the hallway and I said, this is going to be sort of a therapy session Uh um, because Ange and I loved this film. Um, We kind of lived a night like this not too long ago on a New Year's (laughs) Eve in San Francisco with one of our favorite dive bars closing. What's what's the name? Dave's. 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 R.I.P. We should have got our Dave's shirts. No, but not only that, but I've been every character at that bar. Yes, exactly. At any given point. 60-year-old tits, they're right here. Yeah, and soon to be. Well, maybe not that one. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, but we love we love this film. So anyway, go on. But but then we were sent an article yesterday from right. IndieWire. Yeah, and um, we read through that and um, didn't know how to process it. Right. So can you can you walk through what the film is really about, or how you went about filming this sure. documentary? Sure. Yeah, we had always been fascinated by the outskirts of Vegas. Um, you know, for uh, probably 10 years now and we knew we wanted to make something there 
<clears throat> but it's taken you know over over the decade different variations um and we finally settled on trying to make like a, a bar story and if that was possible so we scouted i think every dive bar on the outskirts of vegas which hard work how was that hard work <laughs> you know, ultimately it was, it was like, <laughs> yeah yeah um but um and so we found places that we were you know kind of looked right um had you know f- maybe there were a couple interesting folks in there but nothing was like perfect mm-hmm. in the end what we needed to do was was to create the thing that we were after because um, it's about a bar closing sure it's about um the kind of people that seek out those spaces we could have made it in a in a church or uh you know in a um in a, a sports arena but it like for us that space does so much you know it's a space where we come together to talk to each other it's a space mm-hmm. where you bring your problems it's a space where you bring your stories it's a space where you go to hide it's a space where you go to be seen and and what we wanted to do at that moment in time was create a space where people could have conversations with each other and feel safe you know that mm-hmm. the, about what was what we were up to especially with cameras on them at exactly. a bar yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you know and it, and and while it is you know i mean you guys have your bar if that stuff is near and dear to your heart you know these are universal things and and certainly we could have we could have you know perhaps found that story that's an individual story, and we wanted to make something that was seemingly universal and put it in the framework of, yeah, the outskirts of Vegas, in the shadows of the bright lights, an oasis and an oasis and an oasis in this weird moment in America, and just really create something that was conducive to people exploring each other, their humanity, the reasons we find spaces of shared solace, you know, why do we seek these places out, and um, yeah, just we're not... We end, we've ended up in this realm of nonfiction, and that's wonderful, and it's a great community that has embraced us, and, and we are appreciative. But but that's never really the starting point. It's like, how can we, you know, whatever idea that it may be, how can we get there? And a lot of times it has taken um, the form of observing. We're using yeah, realism. We're using found. I think we, we really appreciate... You know, to prescribe something and have an actor say something, to you know, to, to do that is wonderful and it can be really moving. But to find that, to have that come out of somebody naturally, to be able to find these things in the world is much more resonant for us. Well, the acid was real. So yeah. That's that. And I and I have to say really quickly, this is definitely the most quotable movie of Sundance oh that God. I've watched. Oh, I'm we, getting something tattooed. We don't want to get sure. something tattooed. We don't want to ruin what one of the last. What would you go with? Well, the, we don't want to ruin one of the last lines. When the Australian the leaves. I, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my favorite. I mean, was, that's my favorite. But I also love, I, I underlined some, uh, I'm going to F myself all night long yeah. as Fantastic. she walks out the bar. Fantastic. I mean, that's priceless. She um, had a big night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The 60-year-old. Titty is her favorite. <laughs> I mean, we're go- we're going to tattoo artists when we get back. To so thank you for that. I'd love to see evidence. Yeah, no, I mean, please. I've been there. I've I felt like I was there, and yeah. you really captured that. And I think it says something to the fact that you are in the documentary section because easily that's a. I, I was there and I felt it, and, mm-hmm. and it was authentic. So yeah. and also we were talking about on the way in this morning. We met. Um, basically doing reality television, quote unquote, years ago, and it's not reality television. Yeah, and reading that article, I'm like, yeah, we get it. You know, it's just you put people in a scene. Thank you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 Especially for network TV, and yeah, it's just yeah. So, but any, but anything. I mean, I think maybe they're just more upfront about it or obvious about it. Right. The the canon of of documentary film, the you know the great uh, pillars of the origins of documentary, all have 
these constructed elements to them. Like on the Bowery, which is you know another great story about alcoholism, people in bars, the the, the sort of effluent of the world has an actor and a script. Um, you know, but but it won like the Oscar for best documentary in yeah the fifties so or so. So you know that can be an interesting conversation to have. But really, again, this is just the process by which we're arriving at the things we want to do. These are the way that this is the way we're making our movies. Right, mm-hmm. and so you guys were thinking about doing this, and you wanted to do it, and then the twenty sixteen election happened, and the what day I, before we shot, yes. yeah, and and then you're <laughs> like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. So can you talk about that process and also just finding the character? quote-unquote characters because they are sure I mean, we couldn't have foreseen you know that on that day that was going to happen but it actually worked out to our benefit because people wanted to talk and they Mm -hmm. they were emotional no matter what side of the fence they were on sure (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. um it just so happened that that uh you know occurred and it's in the film a little bit but to to touch on it too much because they they talked a lot about it you know, over the course of the 18 hours we were there. So we had to cut a lot of that kind of stuff out because... We weren't it, making a political yeah. movie, but... Well, it is political in a way, but it, it would have dated it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, I'm tired of hearing about that stuff. So I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so. by that time we were... We, by that time, and that's crazy to think about. By that time, we were so worn out with, with politics and, and that conversation. But what? But if you look just past it, Everyone was just raw and emotional, and and it, that was really conducive to what we were trying to do. Yeah, yeah. When I found that out, I was I was thinking like, wow, I wonder what the conversations would have been like had had the table shifted and someone else won. It was just an, an interesting afterthought. But um, I wanted to talk about how you perfectly portrayed. You know how there's like the stages of grief, right? You go through. You perfectly portrayed the stages of drunk. You know, like there's that first elated, happy love, let's dance, and then there's you know the one guy wants to write poetry, and then we and then we get angry or sick, let's get in a fight, and then my favorite one was honesty. The the old man on the couch with with that young kid. He says just the most beautiful line and I was just like oh god is he talking to me (laughs) I thought he was talking to me (laughs) (laughs) okay good yeah yeah but I think you just portrayed all those stages so beautifully thank you yeah and and watching them go through it was there a moment when you were like oh this is good this is we we have a good film here like one that stands out I, well, I mean, this I mean, that one is certainly one of them, you know. Yeah. I mean, and and realizing that the the alchemy was working, because the the older man there, Michael, is an actor, and he's mm-hmm. a, a really incredible actor. Mm-hmm. We and, found him. Uh, I went to see Long Day's Journey and Tonight, and uh, I just I, I, there was something about him. And this was probably eight years before we made the movie, and I was like, "There's something to that guy." So, mm-hmm. but he's talking to somebody who's receiving that information as if it's real life and real time. And Michael is bringing something to this situation which is very, very real. And watching that alchemy work and become a true moment, you know, just like this serendipity mm-hmm. that's happening, because mm-hmm. it is just happening. Mm-hmm. It is manifesting itself and then we're available to it. And that kind of shit was like... But about 10 minutes into shooting, yeah, I could tell it was working. Because I, I, we were... <clears throat> it was an experiment. It, like, it probably shouldn't have worked. Um, but it was surprising. Yeah. It was it was shocking, you know. But if you get the right people in a room, 
and they know what to do. You know, we, we you did just the work ahead. Let of time. it rip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and can we talk about please the right music in that bar? <laughs> oh <Steely> yeah, Dan. <laughs> oh yeah. Those. I was like, do they, do they know that that's what I do when we go to a bar? She goes straight to the jukebox, and that's like her playlist is we crazy. Should, we should probably get a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, well. We were we were gonna bring some. We didn't have enough time this morning, but we were gonna toast with you guys because sure. we really love. It. Yeah, but you didn't have enough hollow notes. But other than yeah, that, I, you had you her know, playlist. That's not, the, <laughs> that's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> we had a there's scene. never enough hollow notes. Or Stevie yeah. Nicks. Yeah. Or hey, does anyone have enough hollow notes? Believe me, there were scenes that were <clears throat> unfortunately had to go. That uh, that's what I was gonna ask. Yes, was on. In can the you background. can you elaborate on some of the scenes that you had to uh, cut cut out? Oh God! Uh, I mean, well, we cut a four-hour version of this that we loved and thought that we. Well, Bill and I were the only ones. I'll oh, watch it. Yeah, episodic. <laughs> Come on, I will watch we'll that. Watch yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, but um, music, music is such a part of uh, a bar rooms, and we do like. There was something about that day drinking feel of like Steely Dan mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that, that if we can if we can arrive at this feeling and make that just exist throughout the film, then we're in the right place. And Bill, you know, my brother, if he has, if he has many good qualities, but one of my favorites is we can walk into a bar anywhere in the world and he knows what to play on the jukebox. And he also happens to be our editor. So these kind of worked really well together. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we need to travel together as well. I think. <laughs> I think this, you guys in New Orleans. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, guys. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. Let us know when you're in New Orleans. Yeah. Again, we've been speaking to very talented brothers, Bill and Turner Ross, uh, of the film Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets, which we love, love, loved. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> Thank you so much to Bill and Turner. Uh, We really enjoyed meeting you at Sundance, and uh, we're going to have a follow-up to this interview next week, so we can't wait. And don't forget, you can actually uh, rent the film Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets on National Dye Bar Day on July 8th. Um, I'm finding it at altavod.com. That's A-L-T-A-V-O-D.com, and it's $9.99 to rent. And um, 10% of the rental proceeds will go to the U.S. Bar Guild Foundation's Bartender Emergency Assistance Program for COVID relief. So enjoy. We love this movie so much, and uh, we think you will, too. Thanks for listening. See you next time. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>